Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I don't know what it is about this particular week, but there's always things that happen this week in our life in ministry. Um, you know, 30 years ago, um, we became the pastors, and I could tell you funny stories about that. Maybe that'll come up. Um, but um, also, it was a year ago, and some of you may recall, when um, uh, the Lord woke me in the middle of the night and gave me a mandate to begin to pray for this nation like we've never prayed before. Now, we had always prayed for the nation. Every week, Judy faithfully prayed for the United States of America and anything that went with it. But I knew that night when the Spirit of the Lord woke me up and asked me to pray that we were entering into a new phase and a different season here at the church. And um, we started out by doing a 40-hour prayer week, meaning we prayed Monday through Friday for 40 hours. And we started that, it'd be a week ago, uh, in next week. And we did that, and then it evolved into, we did some uh, 12-hour day of prayer for the nation. And then after the election, we went into multiple days of prayer, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then because we have another prayer meeting, um, it was down to Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so we pray faithfully for the nation every Tuesday and Thursday. Things are changing. Things are adjusting. But one of the things that I get asked mostly is, what can we do about everything? What can we do about things going on? What can we do about government overreach? What can we do about our educational system? What can we do about this? What can we do about that? What can we do about this? And so today, I really felt like um, I want to talk to you about what to do. Now, this what to do is out of the Word of God, okay? Now, there's two things I, I, I need you to understand that I do know. Number one is that all of us are at variable levels spiritually. I know that. All of us are at, a, at various levels spiritually. Some of us might be more mature in the Lord. Some of us might be newcomers to the Lord. Some of us um, are um, trained and adept in the ways of the Spirit of God. Some of us may not even hear there is a Spirit of God. I fully understand that, that there is a variety of levels of spiritual maturity in this house, okay? But the cool thing is, when the Spirit of God goes to ministering, regardless of what level you're at, you can receive something from Him. Amen? Um, secondly, I understand that there is a variety of personality in this room. Some of us are passive, and some of us are aggressive. Some of us have the quest for peace, and some of us want to be in combat. Do you understand what I mean? There is a huge, huge variable of that. But I want you to understand that as a people of God, we cannot use our personality as justification for our actions or we will never be truly led by the Spirit of God. We have to understand 
that regardless of our personality, God wants to lead us in the way we should go and not to dismiss our behavior based on personality, but instead we labor to have our personality changed to be reflective of the personality of the Holy Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to understand this. This message today is not a license for your personality to have its way. See, I told you. That isn't going to work. That's not what this is about. Instead, this is about understanding things of the spirit of where we sit as a nation and as a people in the world. Okay? Um, One of the things that has come out in our prayer times just in the last couple weeks is the spirit of the Lord addressed me on do not confuse the battle at hand with the mission that is before you. And sometimes we get stuck in a battle not recognizing the mission that we're really on. For instance, you could have a wayward child and the battle at hand is possibly the friends they're keeping or the addictions they're yielding to or their behavior in some way. And we can confuse that battle with the real mission is having them on fire for God and living for God. Because we could take care of an addiction, but if they're not on fire for God, we still haven't accomplished our mission. Do you understand what I'm saying? So... Currently in the United States, we have a lot of battles. There's a lot of battles going on. You know, a battle of this and a battle of that. And I don't have to go into all that. And I'm not going to go into all that. But we've got battles in our health department. We've got battles in our education department. We've got battles in our government. We've got battles in our media. We've got battles in our entertainment. We've got battles everywhere. We look, there's a battle. Right? But the mission is to have this nation alive to God and knowing that Jesus is Lord over the United States of America. Amen? So even though we have battles, and trust me, we fight those battles, but our mission is to have a nation converted and restored back to God. Do you understand what I mean? So we can't, we can't get caught up in just the battle. Now, the way you fulfill the mission is winning the individual battles. Okay? So there is a place of battling, but we must always keep at the forefront of our mind that our true triumph is fulfilling the mission. Amen? Are you all hearing me today? Okay, are you as nervous as Pastor Jerry is right now? (laughs) Hallelujah. So with that being said, I want to um, bring some light and illumination out of the Word of God that's going to help us, I believe. So if you would, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. If we understand who we are, It will help us to accomplish this mission. In Genesis 1, verse 26, And God said, Let us make man 
in our image according to our likeness. Now think of this. God is saying, we're going to make man, mankind. Let's say it that way. Please understand when we're talking about man today, because I'm going to refer a lot to man. I am not excluding everyone that's a female man. Okay? Man just means mankind. Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, of, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. So here we have God blessing mankind. Blessing, empowering, creating a mantle on him, giving him a mandate. God blessed them and God said to them, here is the mandate, here is the blessing, here is the um, assignment, if I could say it that way, of man. He says, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. He said this blessing was to be fruitful and multiply. Now, we all know how to do that, right? Fruitful and multiply. We understand productivity. We understand procreation. We understand all that. That God was saying, uh, men and women have men and women. That's what he was saying, okay? Be fruitful and multiply. But then he says, fill the earth and subdue it. So this filling of the earth, he said, let there be an overflow in the earth and you subdue that. You subdue that. So this word subdue is kind of an interesting word. It means literally to keep under, to bring into bondage, to dominate, or to make subject. So he said, you're going to be fruitful and multiply. You're going to fill the earth. But then there's a mandate on you to force everything in the earth into subjection to you. That you will have dominion over the operations in the earth. You're going to fill it. You're going to replenish it. You're going to create this overflow. There's going to become more in the earth, but the mandate is you subdue it and have dominion over it. Have dominion over it, meaning you dominate what's happening in the earth. You have the dominion over the operations that are going on in the earth. Now, I, um, and then we look over to, let's go over to Genesis 2.15 for a verification of this. And it says here, the Lord took the man and the woman and put him in the garden of Eden. Why? To tend and keep it. See, he gave them the location of where they were going to begin to be fruitful, multiply, 
subdue, and have dominion. He gave, he, he gave him the starting place. And when he put them in the Garden of Eden, it was to tend and keep it, meaning they were to subdue that garden and make everything subject to that blessing that they had gotten on their life from the Creator himself. Well, we know Adam messed that up because there was a creature that came into the garden that tempted them that if he would have been walking under the mandate of what God had commanded him to do, that serpent wouldn't have been able to do that. But I want, we, I want us to see that God had the mandate upon mankind to fill the earth, to be fruitful, multiply, to subdue the earth, and to have dominion in the earth. Now, here's the, here's the situation. Um, when God spoke that mandate on man, it was a mandate that was connected to the creation. It was connected to the creation. For instance, all the trees, he put the seed within the trees to be able to reproduce another tree, right? See, the mandates in the garden were connected to the creation. So God said to the creation of man, fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and dominate. Now, what happens is we have a fall. They're tempted, they sin, Eve's deceived, and they fall into sin. And what happens after that is this. The mandate remained even though man became corrupted. The mandate was still on him because the blessing or the mandate of the creation was not removed because of the fall. It wasn't removed because of the fall. The mandate for a tree to produce after its own kind was not removed after the fall, was it? So the mandate on man to be fruitful and multiply, how many of you notice even after the fall, people still have babies? Right? Because the mandate's still there. Okay, but then we get into fill the earth, subdue it, and have dominion over it. That mandate is still on man, even if man is corrupt. Even if man is corrupt, that mandate is still there. So here we are living in a world system where God has given man such dominion that if man wants to take an institution, a system, a government, a nation down a dirty road, it has that mandate on it. It can do it. He can do it because man is given authority in the earth by the original mandate when he was created. Are you just thinking? Okay. Just checking. I didn't see any tomatoes or eggs, so I thought I was okay for a moment. But that mandate 
of man to lead, guide, fill, dominate, and subdue, if that mandate is used by corrupt men, they are going to fill, dominate, and subdue with corruption. Do you see what I'm, I'm referring to here? Okay. And we have to understand the volume of how God gave to man the ability to rule and reign in the earth. God gave it to man. God gave it to man. People like you and I. God gave it to man. God gave it to mankind. Hallelujah. In fact, let's go over to Psalms 115. Go over to that scripture. I think it's verse 14. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. He doesn't say the earth was given to the children of good men. He doesn't say it's been given just to the good children. It's just been given to men. And one of the things I have discovered in this year of prayer for the nation is those that are operating and leading for, through corruption feel they have a right to. They feel they have a right to. And according to the word of God, it looks like they have a right to. Because the earth was given to them. The earth was given to them. And so we need to understand that there is operations that are happening in the natural realm that was a piece of the blessing that was originally invoked on man, and because man became corrupt, he's using that mandate to his advantage to um, expand his corruption. Hallelujah. So, we can't leave it like that, can we? Huh. Let's go over to Romans chapter 8. Has Jerry ever told you? I even say that at home. You have told me. So I thought if I want a good report card today, I'm going to have to go to Romans 8. All right. So what we have talked about is we see in the garden, and we saw in Psalms 115, that there is a people in the earth called the children of men. The children of men. You came from Adam, just in case you didn't know. Everybody came from Adam. Everybody came from Adam, right? But look at this in verse 19. For the earnest expectation of the creation, that which was created, it even means institution. For the earnest expectation, let's use that word institution, of the institution eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. The institution is looking for revelation of the sons of God, not the sons of men. Because the sons of men 
have taken it to a place that its only deliverance is for the sons of God to be revealed and bring it back to its original order and mandate. Do you see this? So there is two type of people in the earth. There are the sons of men, which all of us are that. But there is another level of people now walking the planet. And this level of people are the sons of God. And we know it's referring to us here because creation is waiting for us to be revealed. The institution is waiting for us to be revealed. The creatures are waiting for us to be revealed. Nature is waiting for us to be revealed. All of it was subjected by men of corruption that brought it down, that have the mandate of God and the blessing of God and the ability that God provided when he declared that blessing to take it however they chose. In fact, if we read on here, Verse 21, because the creation itself, the institution itself, also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. We know that what happened is corrupt men subjected the institution to be corrupt. And now what has to happen is the sons of God got to be revealed to deliver the institution out of the bondage of corruption back the way God intended it to operate and be. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So we have these two levels of people. We have sons of men with the, with the assignment and the mantle to control and dominate. But then we have a higher species of the spirit, the children of God that aren't looking to operate the way they want to, to operate. Instead, they're ambassadors for the kingdom of God and want the institution to operate the way he wants it to operate. Amen? All right. So are you, are you with me so much farther? You know, this, it says the creation will be delivered from the bondage. Bondage here means servitude or slavery. Okay? Of corruption, which corruption is a perishing, but it specifically means a moral decay. A moral decay. So we could read it like this. The creation or the institution will be delivered from the slavery of moral decay into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Think about that. The institution will be delivered from the servitude of moral decay into the glorious liberty of the children of God. It's supposed to be delivered to us. It's going to be delivered to us. The institution is going to be delivered to the children of God, not the children of men. 
Hallelujah. All right. The world in the institution lost its way because the church forgot who they were. Without a moral compass in the earth, immorality takes over. Our founding fathers, those of you, uh, biblical citizenship, Monday night, 6 o'clock, forgot that announcement, praise the Lord. But when you go to those classes, you realize the founding fathers that moved in the spirit of God and with the spirit to lay the foundations of this nation, their passion was to have a nation that moral depravity was not present. They put everything down based on the fact that leaders and governments would remain moral. But if there's a, if there's a people that move it to the immoral direction, it's because the moral compass is not shining, illuminating, and directing the morality of the nation. Hallelujah. So we need our moral compass back, right? Let's go over to John chapter 3. Because our, uh, I, I'm going to use the word ambition. I don't know if that's right. Our mission then is to bring the institution, the creation, the creature out of the bondage of corruption and bring it into the glorious liberty of the way God wanted this to operate. You see, what happened in the garden is God created a man and he said, now rule and reign in the earth. Run the earth, okay? Then that man falls. So what happened, he begins to run the earth according to the affection of his heart, which the affection of his heart instantly went to selfishness. It instantly went to me, myself, and I. It instantly went to that, okay? Then what happens is Jesus comes because he comes as the second Adam to bring the way that it's supposed to be governed to re reveal to the people of the earth. And he came to reveal the Father. He came to reveal how it's supposed to operate. But he was going to leave again. So what he is trying to do is get enough people in the earth converted to know how it's supposed to operate that he, if is not physically present, has a people that represent him to dominate and rule the earth. So we look over here in John chapter 3, beginning with verse 3. Jesus answers, and he says to Nicodemus here, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, More, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now, in this passage of Scripture, there is a comparison. And he's saying this, okay? 
You've got to, in verse, let's see, let's back up to verse 5. You've got to be born of water. Now, all of us that are birthed in the natural realm are birthed through water. When the water breaks, it's a sign the birth is coming, right? The child is coming. So everyone that's on the earth is born of water. But then he says to see the kingdom of God and to enter the kingdom of God, you've got to be born of the spirit. And this is where we get the phrase born again. So what that tells me is there are children of men throughout the whole earth. But then there is a new species of being that have been born of the spirit or born again. So we could say everyone you ever see is a son of men. But not everyone is a son of God. Whether or not they're a child of God depends on if they are born of the spirit. Now, your ability to deliver creation and the institution out of corruption is determined by whether or not you're born again. Whether or not you're born again. Remember, it's a revealing of the sons of God that are going to change it, not the sons of men. All right? So if we want to be a revealer of glorious liberty, if we want to be one that gets rid of the corruption of the darkness, we have to understand we must be born again. We must be born again. There is a level of anointing and power. There is a new mandate a new assignment that is put on you when you are born again that children of men do not have on them. There is an ability. There is an anointing. There is a wisdom. There is something put on you when you are born again to deliver the institution out of corruption. Not just if you're in the ministry, if you're born again. So we see, and we can look at this, but this entire New Testament is about discipling those that are born again on how to rule and reign in the earth. It's, it's just, it's... Phrase after phrase. So yesterday, and I'm thinking, okay, where is some scriptures to tell about being born of the spirit and not of just of the flesh and advantages of the things of the spirit? And I had 40 some verses and I wasn't done. I thought I can never preach all them. It is literally filled with the mandate and the assignment for a people that are born again. It is filled with that. It is filled with how to behave. It is filled with how to witness. It is filled with how to do signs, wonders, and miracles. It's filled with all this rich things that we as a people of the Spirit are entitled to walk in. It is filled with it. 
Hallelujah. You know, we, it, in fact, just this scripture, just this phrase, being children of God. You find that in Galatians 4, 6, and 7, John 1, 12, Romans 8, 16, 1 John 3, 1, Philippians 2, 15. It, keeps, it just keeps going on and on. We are the children of God. And creation is eagerly waiting for us to be revealed. So he said, so don't hide your light under a bushel. Remember that? See, creation, the institution itself is looking for God direction. It is looking for liberty from corruption. It is looking for an escape from darkness. It's looking for that. And all it can do is look for people of God to take that mandate out of the Garden of Eden and begin to walk in it, not just with a natural mandate, but added to it spiritual ability because they are born again and bring all this garbage back to the way God intended it to be. All of it. Creation is looking for that. Children of God. Will we be those ones that can rescue, deliver, set free, and set it right according to the way God created it in the garden? Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So don't settle. Don't just settle for the fact that I'm born of the Spirit, but I live according to the natural. Don't settle for that. You are a child of the Most High God. You are a child of the Most High with anointing, with delivering power, with access to heaven. That's who you are. And if we take all the benefits that have been given to us of the Spirit and choose instead to live like the world and to live naturally, the Bible calls that carnality. Because you have ability of the spirit, but you choose to live like the natural. You have a mass of heaven available for you, but you live like the world. One of the things that I know very well by the spirit is what prayer is. See, because a lot of times we get confused on prayer's communication. Well, you communicate in prayer. That prayer is opening your heart. Well, you've got to open your heart. But when you understand this, God gave the earth to man. That one of the key things about prayer is giving God, because I am a man, but I know how to do this because I am a child of God, that what I do in prayer is I give the heavenly master, God, access into the earth. Because I'm set here to dominate, subdue, and master the earth, make it fall into line, do what it's supposed to do. Well, if I'm in charge, Lord, and you've put me in charge, right now I'm giving you access into this mess. 
I'm giving you access into my house. I'm giving you access into my family because you can't move there unless somebody from here gives you access. So then what happens is my prayer time does not become about how to fix this, how to change this. No, my prayer time is give him access into my workplace because I might be the only one that is a son of God that knows that's what's necessary. I might be the only one that has access to the father because I am born again to give him permission to do something in the earth. Well, he's God. Won't he just do it? He said he gave the earth to people. He said he gave it to man. And look what man can do with it. Why is there bad things happening in other countries? Because corrupt men with the mandate to have dominion are running it. And why is it that we can take it over? Because the sons of God have an anointing on them to bring it back to the order of God by giving him access to do what he can do. It's so easily understood and clear. Is it just me? Y'all get it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So let's go over to Romans 8. Hallelujah. Again, are we still there? Hallelujah. I want you to see here the scripture that qualifies you for leadership in the earth. Romans 8, 14 says very briefly, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. Okay? That's the ones that are going to make a difference. The ones that are led by God. Remember when I started out and I said there's a variety of personalities? We can be led by our personality. You ever know somebody that is so uh, affiliated with conflict that if there's not conflict somewhere, they'll start conflict so they're comfortable? It's a true statement, right? Okay, there's conflict in their personality, okay? But what we have to understand is if we're going to make a difference, we have to be led by God. If we are going to bring this back to order, we're not going to get it back to order by doing what the devil is doing. We are not going to get it back to order by doing what the devil is doing. He's come to steal, kill, destroy, divide, hinder, hurt, oppress. We're not going to get it back to the order of God using any of the enemy's tactics. The word tells us, I think it's in uh, Romans 12, you have to overcome evil with good. Good does not mean passive. Good doesn't mean passive. Good means good. So sometimes you have to be energized with good. Not energized with um, scandal and energized with conspiracy and not energized by all that. You're energized by good because that's how we'll overcome evil. 
And the whole institution is waiting for you and me to exercise our right to spread good that it literally swallows up the darkness. Hallelujah. But it only comes if we're led by the Spirit. There's so many things that can lead us in life. Our own opinion can lead us. You know, our, our uh, family can lead us. Our job place can lead us. Our, our education and information we've got can lead us. All these things can lead us. But yet we have to settle down, sit down, and be led by the Spirit of God. And the reason most people struggle with being led by God is because they're listening up here. Listening up here for what I should I do, what should I do, what should I do. Listen down here. Listen down here. This is where your spirit man resides. Out of your belly flows rivers of living water. It's got to be down in here that you listen. Should I do this? Shouldn't I not? And your head will go with all kinds of objective things up here. But your spirit down in here will be grinding and groaning or moving and, and going. It's in here. We've made it too hard to be led by the Spirit of God. We've made it too difficult. You are spirit and you are born of him. To be led by the Spirit of God is no more difficult than following an instruction from your natural father. Because you are born of a heavenly father. So in here. But the problem is sometimes we don't want in here to be different than what we want up here. But see, this is sons of men thinking. Sons of men thinking. This is sons of God thinking. Okay? So we have to understand that we have to be led by down in our inward parts. Hallelujah. And understand this, that the greatest battle personally you have, the greatest battle you have personally is to fight off being natural and to live being spiritual that is one of the greatest battles you'll have it's not against sin understand jesus took care of sin and you can get rid of sin just by neglect you can you can get rid of an, an addiction just by neglect but the spiritual problem remains of being natural so you have the big battle of how do i become more than just a son of man. How do I become more than just a son of man? How do I become a son of God that the institution is waiting for me to be revealed? That the institution is waiting. Somebody give God access into this. And what we have to understand is if we go to try and act without giving God access, our action is going to be short of the power of God when we go to act. And it'll probably cause confusion and chaos more than results and revival. See, it's on our knees first where we give God access. And then he says, you know, I want you to go to that school board meeting. 
I want you to address this. But we're so quick and being natural, we got it all figured out how we're going to handle everything. But do you want impact and change, or do you just want action? Because sometimes it's hard for us to not be active. And so what we've done is we've acted in the natural as a son of man before we've got the leading as a son of God. Now, I didn't say you don't act. I didn't say you don't take action. Action is required. What I'm saying is be the new species of being that gets led by the spirit so you are a son of God that your action is completely successful. We want successful action not just action. We want impact, not just movement. Amen? So, hallelujah. I have way too many notes here today, so I think we're just going to have to, right there. Hallelujah. See, we have to understand that it doesn't matter if we're majority or minority, if we've got the Spirit of God. But you have to understand this. A silent majority does nothing. A silent majority does. Now, all of those that are aggressive and combative say, yeah, that's right. And all those passive say, is it necessary? See, you got a personality. You've got a way to take action. But is that been subjected to the Spirit of God? See, that's the key. Because otherwise, we're just operating in this life as mere men. In fact, we maybe should go to that, shouldn't we? Huh. 1 Corinthians 3. I told you I'd quit. I will today. I promise. 1 Corinthians 3. Hallelujah. It says, verse 1, I could not speak to you. Listen to this. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. 1 Corinthians 3, 1. I couldn't speak to you as spiritual people. But you're carnal. Carnal doesn't mean not born again. Doesn't mean you're not born again. Carnal means you're born again, but you're living like the world. You're doing the same things. As the world does. As to babes in Christ. Go to the next verse. I fed you with milk and not solid food. For until now you are not able to receive what? Receive the solid food. And even now you are still not able. For you're still carnal. You're still living like the earth. For where there's envy, strife, and division among you. You're carnal and behaving like sons of men, not sons of God. Do you see that? See, carnality is just sons of men. We want to be sons of God. Why? Because the whole of the earth is waiting for a revealing of somebody that could do something about all this garbage going on. 
somebody that has a leading from the Lord that's going to work and fix this. Somebody that can do something. Now, we all are in different walks and areas of life. But what we do know, if we're into envy, strife, and causing division, we're just carnal. But the problem is, because we're born again, we think it's super spiritual. It's not super spiritual. Any devil can cause division. But a spiritual one has the restoration in their hands. A spiritual one, you who are spiritual, restore such a one. And see, now, the combative one says, see, I've got to do something. The passive one says, see, I don't have to do anything. I'm not saying either one of them. I'm saying be led by God. And you can't hide with, well, God's just not giving me a leading. Are you leadable? Are you leadable? Because you have to be in a place where your heart is open, where you are a candidate for giving God access into the earth because you start out as a child of men. But are you willing to step up as a child of God and be able to do something that's rightly done that has perfect result? Amen? All the creation's waiting for you. All the creation is waiting for you to do something about all this mess. Waiting for you. Waiting for you to take authority, to bind and loose, to cast down. You know that, that um, scripture there where it talks about casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God? and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled, casting down every thought. That the Moffat translation translates this way, this way. Casting down every project. Every project that exalts itself against the knowledge of the anointed one. Casting down every project, every project. What's happening in that school is not of God. I cast down that project in the name of Jesus. See, that's sons of God declaration. That's sons of God talk. That's sons of God working. That's sons of God. We are sons of God with all the authority that Jesus could give to us, restored and returned to us before he left to do something about all the chaos and craziness. And we can't relent because we're after a revealing of the sons of God to bring this nation to Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO Victory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.